good, everybody. Welcome into the MMA-only episode of The Early Edge, your daily sports betting show of record. We are powered by the almighty sports line. We have been building this team for the last eight months right now. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Turn on your notifications. Why, you ask? I'll tell you why. College football preview in your feed right now. Eight NFL futures going to be in your feed starting on Friday. And this episode, every single week, there's a UFC, Bellator, or PFL. We've got the best MMA handicapper in the planet. In the planet. On the planet. Let's bring him in right now. Ian Parker. You can follow him on the social media, Ian Parker MMA. Ian, how are you today, sir? For you, coach, I'm glad to be in here, on here. <laughs> wherever, <laughs> wherever you want me to be, I'll be there. That's I've been doing a ton, of, a ton of shows, a ton of different sports, but this is why we started the early edge for this month and this moment. And you are a very, very big part of that. So this week, UFC fight night. We're going to go Till Brunson. Very important start time because Till is from Europe. And so they want Europe to have it at prime time. So prelims start at 1.30 p.m. Eastern time. The main card starts at 4 Eastern time. Very, very important. So, Ian, let's jump right in. Second fight on the prelim card, Marc-Andre Berriot taking on Valcha. This is a bantamweight fight. Berriot is a minus 165 favorite. What do you like? I do like Mark Andre Barriolt here. You know, look, his opponent, Dalcha, is a, well, I'm going to try this, Lungjian Bula. I think that's right. Um, look, the deal, the deal with Dalcha, he's a very, very tough striker, very strong, powerful guy. However, he gasses, he's not good on his back, and he doesn't have the overall skills, but he's still dangerous in the first couple minutes. Mark andre Barriol is very tough in general. This is like the perfect matchup for him. If he can get the fight into the clinch on the floor and drag this into deep waters, this fight should be his. I believe in him in his skills more than I do in the gas tank of Dolch and the power there. So we're going to go Mark andre Barriol. I love when you say drag him into deep waters. Bring him in. I love watching how that fight plays out and listening to you in my head as I'm watching. It's very, very, uh, it's fascinating for me. All right, let's go to our next fight. It's the third fight on the card for the prelims. Charles Jordan, he's a minus 180 favorite over Julian Rosa. Catch weight, 150 pounds. They don't do this a lot, but they are doing it for this fight. What do you like? I like Charles Jordan here. Between the two, he is the way better striker, technically better, faster, and I think he carries more power. Sometimes he gets a little, he gets, he starts a little bit slow, but we saw in his last fight, he really started to pick that up. He also has fought through tons of adversity being put on his back, all that other situations. Julian Arosa is a guy who has a good ground game, but refuses to do it. He likes to just show that he's tough. And in his last fight, he got knocked out, and we've seen that happen too many times before. He likes to fight like Rock'em Sock'em Robots against Charles Jordan. Dane, as long as he keep the fight on the feet, which I think he can, he wins this fight. I know a guy like this drives you bananas because yes. you spent so much time watching tape, breaking it down, understanding, and then they go out there and do the opposite of what they're great at. Why does it drive you crazy so much? You know what? Sometimes they feel like they have something to prove as opposed to establishing themselves. You know, a guy, if he's so good on the ground, has time to work on his striking. And then then the striking becomes a threat. And when your striking becomes a threat, then you're not as predictable to go to the ground. A lot of these really stri- – like, look at Khabib Nurmagomedov versus Connor. That overhand right that he threw, it's because Connor was so concerned about being taken down that he made Khabib look like an above-average striker, you know? And as Khabib was able to gradually get better and evolve because how good he was on the ground – his striking never was never going to catch up to that. But even little by little, it just made his wrestling that much more fearful. Great points. I also feel like, and it's much farther down on the list of why I think they do it, 
now that they make such a big deal of these knockout bonuses and these fight of the night bonuses, they want to win the 50 grand or 75 grand. That's very important to a lot of these guys. So they want to have that. At least I think that's part of it. But no, it, no, it, it definitely is. But if you lose, you get, you don't get your win money or a bonus, you know? And for someone like a Rosa, if he can get Jordan down and get a submission, he can still get performance of the night that way. You know, submissions sometimes are just as uh, awesome as knockouts, depending on how you get it done. Speaking of submission, let's move on to our next fight. Jack Shore, Ludwig Scholle. I don't know his last name's ridiculous. Uh, Bantamweights, I know that. What do you like in this fight, Ian? That was such a smooth transition by you, and that was not scripted. That was not scripted at all. So Jack Shore is the heaviest favorite on the card. He is probably one of the biggest prospects, brightest prospects to watch out for. His last fight against Hunter Azor, he showed grit. He showed skill everywhere. He out-wrestled the wrestler. And this is a guy that I believe has won 79% of his wins by submission. Going against a very inexperienced fighter, very green in the UFC, who also is a submission guy in his own right. However, I expect Shore to take this fight to the floor, soften up with punches, and do what he does best, Smith win and get out of the fight early. That's why we're going to go Jack Shore at plus 175. I honestly thought this was going to be a plus 125 prop, but the fact that we're this high, you have to go for it. This is a prop that is an absolute must worth taking a shot on. What was that percentage that he's won his fights by submission? I believe he's won 79% of his wins by submission. Wow. That is, that, that's not even taking a chance. That's just doing what you should do. And plus 175, you're just getting a gift as far as the bet is concerned. All right, let's move on to our fourth fight. I love having so many picks uh, in one fight night. Now, this guy's making his debut, and people are going to love him. They call him Patty the Batty Pimblet, and he's taking on a guy named Luigi. Now, this is the first fight on the main card. Just talk to me. <laughs> Patty and Luigi sounds like uh, a sequel to Thelma and Louise. Look, he, we got a guy in Patty Pimblet. Outside of the organization in Cage Warriors was such an exciting fighter. Obviously, personality for days reminds people of your Conor McGregor's, your Chael Sons. He talks trash. He backs it up. Larger than life soccer hooligan personality. And he backs it up. And this guy goes for the finish. He does not stall. He could swing. He could throw. He's got great submissions. Against a guy on Luigi that... He's also good in his own right, but you have someone in Patty, the Patty, the Batty Pimlet, who is meant to be a star. Take advantage now because right now at, at these odds at minus 150, when he shows, if he comes in here, shows what he can do. And this is not someone that gets afraid of the bright lights. He just loves it, loves the crowd, and he's going to go be himself. I believe he gets the win. And then I will call this right now, coach. His next fight, it doesn't matter who it is. If he's the favorite, it's minus 200 or more. His style is just pure entertainment with skill. We're going Patty the Batty. For people who don't know what he looks like, I mean, when you, <laughs> see it, you say he is a star in the making. This is what he looks like. And the Google <laughs> images are incredible that we've found. So good. He's like the four, he's like the missing Hansen brother. <laughs> <laughs> if he walks out to Umbop, I want credit from Patty Pimblet. I hope he watches the show this week. Oh my god. I didn't even think about that. I was thinking the Beatles, but the Hanson is, is a way better uh, analogy or comparison. All right, we got to move on. We've got two <laughs> more picks on the card. We're going to go uh, to the co-main event. Now, this guy, we started doing this about eight months ago, and you and I together. So we're now starting to see fighters come back around for a second, sometimes a third time. Tom Aspinall is one of those guys. He's a heavyweight that fighting is everything for him. And if he doesn't have fighting, he can't take care of his family. That's his motivation. He's taking on Spivak on Saturday night in the co-main. How do you see this one going? 
You know, this is a really interesting fight because Sergey Spivak is also a very bright prospect division coming off a win over Alexei Olnik, where people were afraid that if he went to the ground, he'd lose. And he put Olnik on his back and dominated from top. You know, not the most exciting fight. And this this pick that we're going to do is more of a testament to his toughness than Aspinall's progression. We saw Aspinall fight Andre Arlovsky, a legend in the division who is still winning, you know, <laughs> for the most part. And Aspinall was not was not doing well in that first round. He was getting picked apart on the feet, and then he just bull rushed Arlovsky in the second round, caught him, submitted him, and pretty much went like this <sighs> because that was probably the most threatening moment of his career, especially in the UFC. Didn't want to derail the hype. In this situation here, I think he's going to be a little bit more cautious with, it, cautious with his striking. Spivak is a good striker. He's strong. And if he puts Aspinall on his back, he will control him. I don't think he'll submit him. So a testament to both guys being a little conservative, wanting to protect their records and not make mistakes. We're going to go over one and a half at plus 100. So even money. Even money here. No juice. Okay. Do I think Aspinall gets it done? Yes, but he's minus, I think he's minus uh, 325 or minus 275 in that range. So way too much. So we're going to find the value here. And look, Spivak went the full distance. And when he's lost, it's been in the end of the second round. I think he survives round one and a half. And that's where we're going with, Coach. I know we always have new people coming into the show and continue to grow. So for those who are brand new, our kind of baseline, as you hear Ian talk about the different numbers, is minus 200. We feel like anything above that, we put into a parlay. Anything below that, we can bet it straight. And when you talk about value, doing a submission prop or a a total prop is uh, something that we really like to do, or Ian really likes to do, uh, sporadically uh, throughout his picks. Okay, let's go to the main event. And the fact that the UFC has given Darren Till a main event fight at 4 p.m. Eastern so that his home country people can watch it in prime time. That tells me a lot. Darren, excuse me, Derek Brunson and Darren Till are two top 10 middleweights in the UFC. This is a big fight for both. What do you see? So we're going to start with Derek Brunson here, winning four fights in a row. However, his last two fights, interesting, fights Edmund Shabazian, who is the next big thing, big prospect, but everyone said, can he handle someone who's going to pressure him, not get knocked out, and wrestle? The answer was, no, he couldn't, because he lost to Brunson, and the same thing to Jack Hermanson, his following fight. Brunson, when he won that fight, he was back in the limelight. Everyone was like, oh, Brunson's back. We, this is who we've been waiting for. Then he fights Kevin Holland. And coach, what did we say about that fight? If Kevin Holland wants to talk and not learn how to wrestle, Brunson is going to happily win a boring wrestling match. And that's exactly what he did. He's going against a guy in Darren Till, who is a, he was a big welterweight. He's a big middleweight, which is like a Michael Chiesa situation. He has good takedown defense. We saw him go five rounds with Robert Whitaker. It was a competitive fight. He has fought a lot of top, all the top guys in the division, you know, wonder boy, Woodley, not that Woodley's top anymore. I'm probably going to get some kickback for that. Right. Darren Till versus Jake Paul. That's what I'm saying. You know, he's a former champion. At the time, Woodley was a dominant champion. Correct. Um, Jake Paul. No, I'm kidding. So, you know, for me, Darren Till, the the path to least resistance is keeping the fight on the feet, not letting Derek Brunson steal rounds by grinding. He will not be a submission threat. And Till will be the much better striker. And I think Till's cardio will also be better. So we're going to go with Darren Till with home court advantage due to the higher level of competition. And I think in your grappler versus striking situation, he is more than good enough to keep the fight on the feet and win the striking battle, and we're going to go with Darren Till. All right, plus 150. I love a plus number in a main event. All right, we're up against it. Grab your paper, grab your pencil. Here is the recap, and it looks glorious. Uh, three fights on the prelim card. Mark andre Berriot, Charles Jordan, and then Jack Shore by submission. Then three picks 
from the main card. Patty the Batty, minus 150. Then Aspinall Spivak, over one and a half rounds. And then Darren Till, minus 175 uh, in that main event. I believe that is correct. So, uh, I think I made a mistake. I said plus 150. It's minus 175. Am I right there, Ian? For Darren Till, yes. And I want to make a correction myself. Till is not fighting in England. When I said home court advantage, I mean the timing for himself from coming overseas. There you go. All good. I think we have everything correct now. Yes, everything correct now. My apologies and Ian's apologies. But all we care about is this, that you have your marching orders. Let's take all of these tickets on Saturday afternoon. I like it. Straight to the pay window for the Duck Army. Ian Parker, the jeweler who tries to keep it all on the rails. It's not easy. I am the coach. Remember, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Turn on the notifications. Every sport is going now. Football. Baseball, soccer, and of course, MMA. This is the Early Edge. Good luck.